0: This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Umphreys McGee. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umfreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Humphreys, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope you're able to check out last week's episode where I chatted with Ali Baba Stahini, founding member and bass player Carl Engelman. We talk about a whole plethora of topics, including the various music projects that he's been working on. He dives into his love of taking apart guitars and making something that you can't find in a store. We take a little walk down memory lane back to the days of ABT and Umphreys opening for each other and sharing a stage. He lets us know where the OG Bright Lights Big City can be found, relives a story that Ryan Stasek told when he was on the podcast back in November. We also talk about the recently released Alibaba's Tahini album Bottom Feeders and a ton more. Just a really fun conversation. You're really going to want to make sure you listen to that one. You'll find a link to where you can listen to our conversation in the show notes. And I want to thank Carl again for his time. It is always so much fun chatting with him. I want to share with you an amazing offer exclusively for my listeners from Audible.com. Audible.com allows you to choose from thousands of audiobook titles to download that you can listen to offline anytime, anywhere. The app is free to download and can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. And something I thought was awesome you can listen across devices without losing your spot. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and personal development. Every month, members receive one credit to pick any title from a number of genres and subjects, two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post as well as guided meditation programs. Also, if you can't decide what you want to listen to, don't worry, you can keep your monthly credits for up to a year and use them to binge on a whole series later if you'd like. I personally love reading personal development books and biographies about musicians, which I'm sure is not a surprise to hear. I've listened to some really great ones using Audible. A few that I loved were The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis, You Are a Badass by Jensen Chiro, and some incredible biographies like The Dirt, The Motley Crue Story, Gold Dust Woman about Stevie Nicks, and Life by Keith Richards, which was absolutely phenomenal, and I seriously recommend that book to every music fan that I know. No matter what your favorite genre, Audible has something you'll enjoy. Head to Audibletrial.com slash dropped among this crowd and you'll receive a 30-day free trial of Audible and a free audiobook of your choice. A perfect way to snag that book you've been meaning to check out. That's Audibletrial.com slash D-R-O-P-P-E-D A-M-O-N-G-T-H-I-S-C-R-O-W-D for your free 30-day trial of Audible and free audiobook Another great conversation coming at you. I am pleased to welcome Mosey Beat onto the show. It was so much fun talking to these guys. Taylor talks about taking lessons with Jake. Blair reminisces about the time he went to a Chris Myers drum clinic. They tell us a little history about their band, share some news about their new EP coming this summer, and we talk about what Umphreys, McGee tunes they've covered and a whole shit ton more. There is also a video of our chat, so if that's your thing, there is a link in the show notes where you'll be able to find the show on YouTube and IGTV. Thank you so much to Blair, Taylor, and David for your time. It was so much fun talking to you guys, learning more about you, your band, your musical history, talking about Unfreeze with you. I really look forward to when we can rage a show together.
1: Let me give you a bit of mine If you're searching for your glory Realize what, what you have, have
2: inside All the, the
3: time. time I'll take
1: my slow rise Some say we gotta stay guys
2: Gonna cast them aside, gonna cast them
1: aside.
3: Start
2: living life inside the moments.
3: Make this world what you want.
0: Small business that makes shirts, pins, jewelry, sweet prints, or sells other interesting products that you think peeps would like to purchase? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving them freaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that can make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele? Or perhaps you're looking to hire some cool people to work with? Let Dropped Among This Crowd help you get the word out with interviews on the show and sponsorship packages that include ad time on the podcast, ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, and so much more, Dropped Among This Crowd can help you reach tons of fellow ump freaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow ump family. Email pod at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more so here is my conversation with david taylor and blair from mosey beat enjoy how's everything been going where are you guys located
3: uh new jersey so pretty good still on a fairly decent lockdown um but things are slowly coming to open up small you know businesses are able to do curbside pickup again and stuff like that where are you at
0: I'm in Buffalo, New York. So okay,
3: sweet. Straight ahead. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's super, super fire, but they just started opening stuff up today, Um, but my kids are out of school for the rest of the year. Um, It's kind of a shit show in New York, so.
3: Yeah, we're we're fortunately still able to work um, our day jobs, but yeah, I've seen everybody in this area. Their kids are all out of school for the rest of the year, too
0: yeah that's that's been kind of the 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 blessing because it gives you something to do spend time with them but kind of uh not a blessing at the same time because you got to keep them <laughs> occupied all the time
3: oh, <laughs> summer vacation extra three months this year
0: for sure that we were not like you know prepared ahead of time for so you're like "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> and of course you know the weather is not the best right now to let them play outside all day long so yeah you're like all right sure. a yeah. little extra screen tie yeah whatever
2: <laughs> right do we're all about. doing
0: what we can do right now right
3: <laughs> exactly yeah
0: so you mentioned you're uh you're still working your day jobs so what are your day jobs <laughs>
3: took off he was able to and um, me and Blair still work uh consistently at the car wash so, so it's it's a decent job because we don't interact with people we just automatic car wash so take care of the equipment and send people through and that's all we do so decent to be able to do that when it's when when it's all normal it's great because we get out by seven and go gig um all weekend but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now it's a little weird <laughs> yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> But without all these gigs, you know, it's, uh, it's been pretty, pretty nice to be able to work and then come home and rehearse and work on some music and, you know, focus on some working on new stuff rather than have to focus on all the gigs that we had planned. So at least, like, kind of make up for some of the, you know, side effects of this pandemic.
0: For sure, like kind of, you know, do some stuff with different projects and stuff. So of course, we're going to talk about the music that you guys have been doing and all of that. But what else have you guys been doing besides music to keep yourselves busy in your free time?
1: Um, Well, recently I picked up some skateboarding, so I've been doing that. Uh, I've enjoyed that since I was really young, so, you know, I thought I might as well do something with some extra free time uh get outside and be by myself uh you know s- social distancing right you know so
2: right.
1: Right. other than that usually like hiking i think like we all like to go out walking in the woods and stuff
4: so Dave, you've been doing foraging right go uh on. yeah for a few things me and my girlfriend we found a lot of mushrooms in the woods that you could eat and cook and then we actually brought them home and them and cooked them
0: that's very cool
4: that's aside very from that cool. i'm probably gonna throw a trans in my car just for
0: fun. Very cool. Very cool to like be able to uh, pick up some new hobbies and do some stuff. So, talk about the music that you guys have been doing. I saw you've been doing live streams, um, and they have like different themes and stuff. What's what's going on with that?
3: Yeah. So as soon as it all hit, we had a couple of gigs get canceled right away, and we figured that we take the time to figure out a live stream thing. And we wanted to use you know better audio than, than what you'd usually get off of a phone. So Dave being the Wiz, he has hooked up everything to his interface and we are able to get full soundboard audio from the basement uh, with all of our microphones that we, that we have for gigs. And um, we decided that instead of just, because the first couple were just like set lists that we made up, like something we might play at the bar or whatever, maybe less covers but we decided it would be fun to do some specific themes so we did like an 80s night and we learned a bunch of new tunes for that we we learned like a kiss tune and another talking heads tune and, and stuff like that you know and then we did a a jam band night so of course we threw in on and mo and uh we did some stafford and goose fish. some fish yeah we so we don't really play fish live we, that's kind of one of the bands we stay with and covering and we ended up learning a tune for <laughs> the live stream for for our friends so But yeah, so we've been doing it like that, and it's just been fun, Um, but now we haven't done it in about a week, two weeks, I guess, we've been focusing on uh, trying to write some more music.
0: That's very cool. So let's take it back. Why don't you each introduce yourselves and uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are, how old you are and what you play and how long you've been playing your instrument.
3: Sure. So my name is Taylor O'Connor. I'm the guitar player and the singer and a primary songwriter uh, for the band. And I'm 29 years old. I started playing drums when I was about eight. And I started playing guitar when I was about 13. And I've done both since then. Um, I still sit down at the drum kit when I can. Went to college for music for a couple years at a community college. Focused on drums there and I uh, also play piano, but mostly I stick to the guitar and the drums. And uh, my name is Blair O'Connor. I am
1: 27. I've uh, been picking up drumsticks since I can even remember. Um, started focusing on them probably, I think I was like six or seven, focusing on them more. I was ahead of the curve when music started in school, so that was helpful. Um, other than that, I, uh, I sing on some of the songs, uh, back up, sometimes lead, um, help contribute ideas to writing, and, and then that's uh, pretty much it. Nice.
4: All right, my name is Dave, not O'Connor.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I started out on flute when I was five, and then Got switched to bass when I was like fourteen, so kind of a late comer. Grew up playing like prog rock, metal, math rock, and a lot of jazz. And then I went to school for a music ed degree, learned how to play every instrument. And now I just really like bass and piano a whole lot. Mostly Fender Rhodes. If anybody listening knows what that is, electric piano. People. He has a beautiful Fender Rhodes in the jam room too. So. Yeah, my dad told me when I was in high school if I learned how to play piano, he'd give me his backup Fender Rhodes that he had for parts. So I just practiced my ass off, got a piano, got a bunch of parts for it and restored it with my girlfriend at the time. So that was real fun.
0: Very cool. That sounds like a very, very cool uh, thing. We'll have to talk about that sometime. I'm sure there's someone listening that would just nerd out all about that. That's awesome.
4: Uh, I can do a whole, like, restoration Fender Rhodes guide at this point. <laughs> wow. We tore, cool. every single, we tore every single screw, spring, pickup, tine, part, piece of wood, key, felt everything apart on that whole piano, and I rebuilt it from scratch. I mean, it's from 75.
0: Wow. That's phenomenal.
4: Yeah. Wow. There's a company, Vintage Vibe, not a sponsor, that got all our... <laughs> And that got all the parts for me.
0: That's They're very great cool. Great <laughs> they
4: us, they yeah, if they want to sponsor us, they can yeah they want to sponsor us. If they want to,
0: you know, nobody's gonna say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so talk about coming together and becoming a band. How long have you guys been playing the music together?
1: Uh since uh what was it? Two thousand two thousand twelve. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: Okay. so what happened
1: was in 2011 um i was hanging out uh with my buddy that i had met at college uh brian Obrecht, who uh actually one night we were hanging out in this like theater at montclair and uh he was listening to music and i heard from across the room and i was very intrigued and i went over to him and i asked him who it was and he said Humphrey's mcgee i said who and he said i'm mcgee (laughs) and i was i blown away and was hooked like since the first song i heard we've listened to them all night and then i started diving deep into the hall of fame like it was like 2010 hall of fame at the the time like that instantly became like my favorite like go-to just listen to all those jams um nothing too fancy Probably my favorite song, but then uh, I started trying to show them to Taylor, and it took like a couple months of like showing him stuff. Like I wasn't showing him the right Humphreys
3: stuff. I was really into like, sidebar. I was really into G Love. So I was super okay. into that kind of vibe. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to.
1: Meanwhile, I wasn't showing him things that were like, Do you love vibe? I was showing him things right. like, yo, Wizard burial ground, <laughs> check out this song. Right. And like, like, yo, show up 40s theme. And over Church, check out this song. Like, you know, all these <laughs> sweet songs, right? And you know, her bat, check out this song. And, you know, and then like finally, like, I don't even know, like, I went to my first show in the summer of 2012. And I, they played, G-Love opened up. And I didn't necessarily tell Taylor that G-Love was opening up. I just tried to, to get him to come to Humphreys and didn't mention anything about the opener because I didn't even know at the time until I got there. And then G-Love opened up and I was like, oh, cool. Taylor would have really liked this. And then they go and play like "Woman, Wine, and Song featuring G-Love. And so then afterwards, I got the recordings and I started showing showing Taylor and he was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Like, I wish I went like, and so then he started getting hooked and started listening to them. And then like we literally like a month later, if that, like we started, like even like a,
3: a week later, I think we started playing together. Like, and yeah, I was writing a bunch. I've been writing songs since I started playing guitar. That was like my first foray into it. It was like learn a song, get all the chords from that song, and then try and write my own song using those chords, you know, make them up different rhythms and stuff. Because being a drummer, that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, so mm-hmm. I had a bunch of songs I was playing at open mics, and Blair jumped on a, a gem band. We were doing acoustic stuff and started playing them together. But um, that was kind of how we started the band. It was like right in there, August 2012. We got a bass player shortly thereafter that, that was uh, our buddy Ben, who uh, later left the band but Blair met Dave in college yeah I met Dave like shortly after all of
1: that I think it was the I think it was literally like two months later I think I met Dave and Dave and I just jammed like easily actually no it was even before my first on free show I think you were yeah, at right, that I was funny show. First on free show yeah you were there too it was also my first on free show yeah right <laughs>
3: Should
1: have been mine. Yeah. I waited a whole year. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was cool. Dave and I, the first time we met each other, like we we like didn't really talk, we just like introduced each other, like our names, and that was like it. And then we went but the goal was for him, Brian and I to go jam. And so Brian was tuning his guitar and Dave was already in tune. So him and I started jamming immediately and just started we just looked at each other and started smiling and just jamming, laughing because we were like sinking into pockets already. And it was just that easy like to pick things up with him. Um and then later on, like when Taylor had said that we had, we had no bass player for a little bit, like we were in between bass players and Uh, Nobody was really working out, and uh, I asked Brian if he wanted to come fill in, or just come sit in, and then if he would, you know, bring Dave along with him to play bass, because we needed a bass player, (laughs) and so he asked Dave, and Dave was like down, and so he came, and we jammed, and then that night we were like, "Yo, you want to keep jamming with us?" And he was like, "Yeah." So
3: that was it. And that was December twenty sixteen. That that Dave officially yeah December his 12th, first
4: right, or something first show on uh, bass. Ah, uh, yeah, all right. there you go. Forgetting about that time yeah. that hit where I played Rhodes.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, true. We did oh have my a, gosh. in like
3: two thousand thirteen. We did try show. to expand the band. In in we played some roads, and we had our buddy Brian playing guitar with us and, as well for a little bit. But I think the trio really worked well for us, especially now. It's, it seems it's easier to get people playing bars and rehearse that way. And... Yeah, playing bars, just being able to get in there with three guys and go, like, OK, we're going to play a whole show and not have to worry about the space. Because you know, you've been to a bar. You know? <laughs> Some places are tight. <laughs> Some places yeah. you're like, crowded in the corner. Yeah. You can know, barely get the drum set in there. It was crazy yeah. though. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: That first night I heard Humphries, that was that was a turning point in my life because before that I never really thought about like oh I could play drums like I, I should do that like I just did you know what I mean growing up I just enjoyed doing it so I did it and like then it it hit me like when it, like when I heard what they were doing I was like that is amazing like I want to do that I want to do something on that level like that's that's some high caliber stuff like that's awesome um, and so that was the goal I was like trying to bring to Taylor at the time because he was doing more of like the G-Love singer-songwriter-rappy kind of stuff. And then I kind of like got him to like think more outside of that box and into this other one. And then then eventually they, we the, with Ben, the first show we played actually, Ben came out to, to that show and we got our bass player then and there. So then we started like electric, maybe three months after that.
3: Yeah, we started electric pretty quickly after doing acoustic gigs. It just became clear that it was just a better alternative to, yeah. to making good music. It, it was, makes, like, it was it so, can... so limited on acoustic guitar to be able to jam it out per se. Like, you know, unless like, you listen to a guy like Dave Matthews, they sound great jamming because they have saxophone and they've got, you know, a violin and they've got like an electric guitar player sometimes and and all that helps to add, but just acoustic guitar, it's like you, you get so put in these boxes where it's like your jams are all rhythmic and, and chord based, you know. And then your gigs become limited
1: and selected too. Like we were opening up a whole new thing with the electric. So. Yeah,
3: yeah, it was a lot of fun to get it to the electric and I'm really glad we did because that's all we do now, essentially, the co- occasional acoustic gigs. Yeah, ever since... Dave came along.
1: It's, we the only time we do acoustic is for an
0: acoustic gig. Yeah, it just opens it up so much more for you to create, just so much, so much more, and and, and allows you to expand your sound and and your music that much more. So yes, talk about it. so different. So talk about the the name of your band. Why did you guys name yourself Mosey Beat?
3: This came along before Dave. Um, we have been throwing around band names. Um, so, cause when I was in high school, I used to gig, uh, play acoustic shows as Taylor O'Connor Music, whatever, just... It was easy to make a Facebook page in 2007 and okay. made that page, you know. And so originally our first couple gigs were Taylor O'Connor Connor Music. And then I was like, well, maybe like the first Taylor and Friends. And then, or, the fir- and then the second gig, the first two gigs. I yeah. think. And then actually we were like, you know what? So we started thinking of band names and we were tossing it around. I'm a big Chili Peppers fan. So originally, like, I wanted something to do with like vegetable and I don't know why. It's just what I wanted. And my buddy was like, uh, ben was like, why don't we call it mosey beet, because we kind of jam, you know, we mosey along, and then we get to the beat. And I was like, yeah, but well, let's spell it D E E T. And so <laughs> originally we were spelling it like the vegetable, you know, like the root, the root vegetable, you know, mosey beet, man and then we dropped that one kind of like uh, a few years later when we decided to release our first album online and and just put it mosey b with e-a-t and Cause it was always what, getting spelled wrong anywhere. this is what was happening it was like every time we go to a bar
1: and we play and they're like where we say our names mosey b they're already thinking b-e-a-t they're not thinking b-e-a-t and then you have to explain it to them. And then every drunk person that is listening to you at the bar and wants to remember who you are was trying to ask you who you are. And then you had to explain it to them and hope they remembered because they're drunk. So like it, it became like a hassle after a couple of years we were like, you know what? We're gonna start an Instagram. We're gonna create a website. Let's just, we're gonna yeah.
3: release now, but let's, let's just, yes. Yeah. Over the years we have been called uh, by people at the bar, noisy beats, um, moldy beats. Um, Mossy Beach, Mossy Feet, Mo- Mosey Beach, you know, so, Mosey Beach, yeah. oh, so we made up Mosey Beasts and, and Mosey Beach. We did a skit one time for our buddy's album show. This band uh, used to play in the area called Banshee. And they were like, hey, you want to play an album show? We we're like, yeah, man, we do. And we had just played their small backyard festival. And we were like, man, we just did a cool set for them like only two months ago. Let's do something different. So we came up with the idea of Mosey Beach. And I used to be a lifeguard. So I gave everybody lifeguard shorts. And we had whistles and put zinc on our nose. And we were, and we were calling ourselves Mosey Beach. We <laughs> had the shorts and out there. It was, it was great. The whistle in the middle of one of the songs I was telling people to walk. I think at first people were like, What are these guys doing? Come on, stage. <laughs> so we're going to try and put it all together into some some sort of home movie at That's some random. point. Yeah, randomly <laughs> put it
0: on. That's right. hilarious. I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, we're a little we're a little fun like
0: that we, we like to do fun stuff get weird you have to though you have to keep the, the fun about it because that's the reason why you're doing this is because you wanted to have fun and and create and you know be yourselves and that's exactly what you're doing you're you're taking all of your little things and putting it into there i think that's awesome
1: yeah 100% yeah I
3: agree yeah, keep yourself saying that way yeah absolutely and, and
0: and you're making it your own you know you're doing your thing yeah. and and that's what's gonna make you different and stand out and continue to keep it fresh and fun and you know just like you're doing with your live streams you're doing the theme nights and everything I think that's fantastic especially now it, it keeps you know people having a good time which is yeah, absolutely. We, we
3: took a little bit, We took a little homage from from Humphrey's doing the um, like choose your own adventure theme. You know, we kind of took that idea from them a little bit. and was like it should be really fun for us because we all felt like we were at a level where we're jamming very well together, and uh, we were like, let's see what we can do. And. Honestly, I think, like, some of our best jams from the live stream were just saying, hey, I play 70s porno or, hey, play, like, you know, Egyptian sex death metal. And it's like, okay, cool, some weird topic that I get to think about to play that music it, whatever, to now. And then whatever, make that I would how it sound. this would sound like. So that was definitely a little, a little you know, uh, feather in the, in the hat, you know, to Humphries, you know. That was, like, something that we definitely took from them. <laughs>
0: Well, and it helps keep your skills really sharp. You know now you're you're redirecting your mind in a completely different path and it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you guys in sync together and paying attention and listening. and so it's it's fantastic that you've embraced stepping outside of your comfort zone musically to to try these new things because it's obviously it's just gonna help you in the long run to to play like that.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I agree.
0: So, talk about your album. You guys released your album Nomadic Vision last year, right? May twenty nineteen. Um, is this your first album?
3: That was actually our third album, but I will say, as a band, we kind of all agree it's our first communal album.
1: Yeah,
3: a lot of the other. Well, both no, of the other it's albums. our first album. Written.
1: With all three of us, right? As like, because Flight was our first album, which Taylor and I had mostly like contributed to, with some from our former bassist. Yeah. Um, and then Back to the Roots was pretty much Taylor's stuff from when early on. Like Back to the Roots was like basically what we were playing in two thousand and
3: twelve. Yeah, it was like our original demos, kind of redone. And and Dave played on all those albums too. But nomadic vision was the first one that we all contributed a lot of writing to, yeah, and, and arranging. A lot of arranging happened for that album between the three of us, and it was a collaborative effort. Um, I had a lot of fun recording it, and I know that I'm super proud of that one, and, and I'm sure that I can speak for these guys; they are as well. for For the album we've um, so that one came out, yeah, last year. We've had nothing but great response off of it. We feel like the gigs have gotten bumped up a little bit as far as what we're getting offered because of it. It gives us a very uh, forward moving sound. It doesn't sound stagnant. It sounds, you know, in my opinion and as well, but it's it's a little more professional and um, mature than the other albums were. Um, And we've sold, I mean, CDs, this is a dead market, but I mean, we sold almost all of our CDs already within a year. And we we only ordered 100, but you got to think we play 50 shows. That's two CDs a show, you know, and for a bar band, that's kind of, kind of our goal is to make, make people take the music home with them so that
0: when we're playing that bar again, they come back, after
3: the CD and their conference, you know.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. That's very awesome. Congrats, you guys. That's, that's a very cool accomplishment. You guys are, you have a new song coming out. I understand
3: Yeah, um, we actually decided instead of doing a single, we're going to do an EP. So we're going to have three full songs and then what we like to call like interludes or intros. They're two, you know, two, three minute pieces that can be used as an intro or as an interlude in between jams and songs and live shows. So it's going to be a final total EP, about 25 minutes worth of material and all stuff that, um, that we're working on right now. Um, so yeah, definitely in the studio, as long as all goes well with opening stuff up in PA, we're going to be in the studio in June, and it should be released by July. The only thing, you know, we'll probably have it on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff, and then maybe uh, um, CD Baby, and uh, we might do, um, oh what's that other one they called SoundCloud, mm-hmm. and a couple other places this time too, because it's all digital so it might be a little bit more accessible than the last albums where they're uh, basically uh, basically only on major streaming platforms. Or on our website for free. Or on our website for free, yeah. So anybody listening that doesn't want to have a streaming platform, we do have a little link there. You go to albums and you click on it you can stream them all for free off our website because we're cool like that.
0: Very cool, very cool. And I'll make sure to link all sorts of stuff for you guys in show notes and remind everybody about where they can find you um at the end of everything um so let's talk about some umphreys mcgee again taylor you took a lesson with jake let's talk about that
3: all right so it was a really cool i have always said if i got the chance to meet jake i'd love to be able to pick his brain about gear talk to him about music and have him show me a few things and Unfortunately, with the circumstances the way they are, something good did come out of it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was really cool to be able to take that lesson. And, and we chatted about gear for a while. He gave me a bunch of different ideas on how to work songwriting differently, approaches, if you will, to writing songs and, and uh, some different technique things to work on that, that can expand my songwriting and, and kind of get me thinking in a different direction. Um, so super grateful for the lesson and uh, just the knowledge that he chose to share because, you know, you could take a lesson from somebody and they can just choose to sit there and show you how to play the major scale all day. But he decided to go the other route and said, here's some really unique things to work on. And I actually ended up doing uh, two more after that. So I, I took three total and uh, each one, it kind of just built upon the other and, and added a bunch of different things to my uh, toolbox, if you will. Mm-hmm. So am grateful to be able to have that stuff accessible now and, and have talked to him and, and gotten to, to know him as a musician a little bit more, hear about some of the quirky side projects he wants to do and stuff like that. So it's just really, really neat.
0: That's very cool. I'm sure it was an awesome experience. I did a chill session with him and it was only 20 minutes, but it was very cool to just, just talk to him and, you know, learn more about him and what he's been doing now that they're off and it's definitely worth it. Anybody who wants to should totally do it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that live for li- like the live for live lesson masters or whatever they're doing. It man, it's just a super great opportunity. I agree, 100% with Sarah. Anybody who wants to just fork it over, just just pay for it. It's gonna be worth it. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> um, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, even you know, just the chill chef. The sessions are cool because we did one for my friend's birthday with Brian and Joel and it was so much fun cool. it was almost like a mini therapy session in a way to to just hang out with them and shoot the shit awesome. and it was cool
1: that's fantastic that's really cool
0: yeah definitely even the chill sessions like do one they're just fun what you, yeah. So. Yeah, just you should do one yeah yeah you should do one they're just they're just fun
3: Maybe we'll get stay sick, yeah, we'll, stay sick. We'll have him get a rack of thirties, and we'll see who can drink after The three of us or him.
0: I went. I went in on that chill ses- session just to watch. Right.
3: You're on our side. We got. We, he's got. He's got. You know, serious leg up in the competition. You got to help <laughs> us drink the
0: beer. <laughs> I'll do what I can. So, um. So I heard that Blair also took a drum clinic with Chris. When did that happen? Uh,
1: so that happened in 2017. Uh, okay. Chris hosted a drum clinic. Well, no, sorry. Uh, he, yeah, I guess kind of was hosting a drum clinic in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania at a music shop. Um, they, they had him come in and he had two different kits set up um, and he was going to do show stuff with Humphreys and then stuff about, you know the jazz stuff that he went schooling for. Um, so Erie, Pennsylvania is about eight hours from where I am. Um, so I drove out to Erie, Pennsylvania, and the clinic was about three hours, I think, uh, maybe two hours, three hours, like total. Um, and it was very informative. Um, and he talked about you know a little bit about his you know history. Growing up, and then, um, you know, influences and uh, talked about his studies in school and um, comp- different competitions he did, uh, uh, going over to Europe to do competitions and stuff like that. Um, he talked about techniques, uh, different books, and there's a lot of knowledge within, you know, the, I think the actual clinic was like an hour. Um, it was a lot of knowledge within that hour and then i got to kind of talk to him a little bit afterwards too so that that was really cool um and that was that was i think my first experience getting to talk to him face to face um i've had a couple since then uh he's such a nice guy such such a you know great (laughs) drummer too so uh you know it, it it's it's Kind of crazy talking to talking to them because it's just you know such a huge inspiration. It's I don't know. It, it's it's hard to find like what to say and questions to ask them, but I don't mm-hmm. know. It was a very cool experience. Very cool experience indeed. Um, okay. and I drove home eight hours, so <laughs> we had sixteen hours of driving in one day. It was it was it was worth it. every every bit of it.
0: I bet. I bet the experience and the tools that you are going to have for life, you know, just like Taylor mentioned with with oh, spending yeah. the time with Jake, you have those tools now that you can draw from. And, and probably, you know, when you guys are touring again, I'm sure there's some things that you can even take of, along with you, have them being on the road for as long as they have been doing this. Um, Blair, you mentioned how they uh, inspire you professionally to kind of go in and do this. How have Humphreys uh, inspired the other guys professionally and personally?
4: Sure, I, I got a large influence from Humphreys because they've done something that I've always wanted to do which was kind of combine the concept of like vertical form improvisation that jazz has with the more horizontal form improvisation that rock and roll does. And kind of what I mean by that is like take like a Grateful Dead jam or an Allman Brothers jam or an Unfreeze jam. It's horizontal. It starts at A and it gets you to B and then usually goes back into a song or the next song from there. You know, it's got a path that it follows. It follows a clear path forward. But a lot of bands before Humphries, they weren't really as in depth as they were with like improvising vertically over those forms at the same time, which is like as the verse section, if you will, you know, not really, but close enough comes around that they made that they're improvising on, they can stretch that so far, but still have the ability to move on to the next section and keep it moving horizontally forward. I thought about that all going to school for jazz. When I was studying it, I'm like, wow, it's a complex and stretched out. Wouldn't it be great if somebody could stretch out that far, but still keep sight of going on to somewhere new and like a constant that's happening the entire time? And not a lot of bands, especially at Andre's caliber, has been able to do that these days. And I think that's incredible.
0: Absolutely. And that's a fantastic way to describe that. I love that. And I actually can't wait to go back when I'm editing this recording and listening to that part again, because that was a fantastic explanation of it. Yeah, just don't
4: quote me on the part where I call what they set up a verse. That's just for people to understand it a little easier.
2: <laughs> no,
4: that's... Yeah, we would, use, we would use letters most of the time. They would use like A, B, and C, and you would letter the sections most of the time, like from our side of the bandstand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other side of the bandstand is mostly verse chorus and bridge.
0: Okay. Very cool. I like the way that you explain that.
4: Yeah, right. There's that one.
3: <laughs> so, um, take- so, yeah, for me, Umfrize was like a big inspiration after like I was saying before, I've been playing guitar since I was a kid and Really, I was really into G Love in high school, and um, you know, people people like him, the Jack Johnsons, the Jason Mrazes, the guys that wrote like funky acoustic rock tunes. And I was, uh, I'm still am a fairly adept drummer, and took a lot of that knowledge from doing drum corps camps and marching band, and. and college uh jazz drumming and thought well yeah i could put that into the guitar but like how you know and it wasn't until i started really diving in on um, freeze with blair that i understood kind of the path the steps that i needed to start to take which were meter uh, rhythms so much and think about the forms that you were playing in jazz band and and write songs like that write songs that have varying parts where you know your verse does sound distinctly different than your chorus. There's a lot of, and there's no knock on it, but a lot of like the Mraz's and John, John Mayer's and Jack Johnson's and, and G Loves, is they, they write a, a whole song that has a specific vibe, whereas like an Umphrey's song will have specific vibes in each part. And I started to think about it like that, and, was, and you listen to Back to the Roots, for instance, all the stuff on there basically has a vibe per song. But then some of the stuff on Nomadic Vision, you start to hear, even on a Flight, you'll start to hear some of the differences, because even though Flight was recorded first, it, it was hurt. written afterwards, but Nomadic Vision, we started to go, well, especially Unreal McCoy part two. If you listen to it, the beginning is very spacey and like kind of got this 16th nut drum thing, and then you drop into this funk pocket that just hits. And then the next section is a Latin groove for better or worse terms where it's, it's literally taking a, a completely opposite clave of what your funk dance is and going to another place and then coming back, you know, to a different thing. And so that was what influenced me from Unfreeze McGee a lot was just stylistically taking something and putting something that's all the way over here into that into that same song so that you can get a different feel that, that hasn't been done yet, you know? Um, and another other than that, just the technicality, the precision that each one of the members can put on stage and their professionalism and musicianship, you know, being the guy that can play it perfectly. And if they don't play it perfectly, they sure as don't well make somebody else look like they messed up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the part that really, like, that's what I take from their band a lot is, is all of that.
0: Yeah, very, very cool. So how many shows have you each seen? I'm
3: at 30... I want to say 34, 35. I can't remember if Umbl is supposed to be 35 and 36 or 34 and 35. So I'm right around
0: just above 30. (laughs) Okay, nice. I'm at
3: 45.
1: I was trying to hit 50 this year, but
4: wah, wah. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm only at like five, but I don't really like to go out much. I'd rather sit at home and listen to it on my headphones.
3: And that's, then uh, yeah.
4: we're talking with her email,
3: she's uh she's at forty five and forty six as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. a huge Umphrey's fan. So we actually met her through um, priest Blair. Blair and her met at a show, and then uh, she found out about our band and figured out that we lived in the same area. So it was that's, a really cool happenstance there.
0: That's very cool. Yeah, she was super stoked to reach out to me and and have you guys on the show. She's been very cool to to get to know that's awesome yeah she told us about the podcast she
3: said I've been following this girl and she's got these podcasts and stuff and he's like I think you guys are fitting great it's all i related I was like all right <laughs> I started listening to your podcast so I was like yeah man I'm in. <laughs> I really love the one you did with Jake's mom too that was really really awesome to hear a lot of that stuff
0: yeah she's a really awesome lady I've I've had the chance to really get to know her since then and she's such an awesome woman and a really awesome mom and that was a that was a lot of fun to to do I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of really cool people because of of this show so and I appreciate you Absolutely. guys listening that's awesome thank you yeah yeah
1: yeah no, thanks for doing what
0: you do oh thank you Wonderful. so you guys mentioned that you did play an umphreys cover what song did you play a
3: so few yeah yeah Okay. Because we, yeah, so we, we uh let's see, we do remind me minus the end part. We'll usually do what we call remind me kitchen, right? So we okay. play remind me, we go and do an improv jam, then we play kitchen and we improv in kitchen and 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 in the kitchen. Okay. Um, we'll get that. We'll get that end part down and remind me someday. One day. Someday. <laughs> we'll get it down there. <laughs> you gotta be like Jake level to do that, and I I might be like down here, you know, and he's like. Let's uh, just say, can I go? We hit Hopper oh, T-shirt, definitely. but he reminded me his ending.
2: <laughs> we get up there. We
3: go. Yes, and then let's see, we also play um, Andy's Live, Andy, which is always great when we go to a bar and we see a bunch of guys with pins on their hats and stuff, you know, and especially if they look older than me. And, and I'll go, all right, let's play Andy's. And then we'll, we'll play Andy's, and like these guys are like, yeah, man, you know, nice. they remember that tune, you know? Um, we play Booth Love. Booth Love, yeah. Nice. With the intro, the real nice, you know, mellow intro. We did yeah. We've we done yeah, We've done, done, done wait around. We've done wait around. Um, nice. We we've tried um, Nemo a bunch. We haven't really nailed it yet. Um, we've got in uh, <laughs> one part. just one <laughs> Bullhead City. We've done that. Yeah, we have. Uh, so quite a Woman few. Wine and song Woman, wine, now. and song. We've done. Okay. We've done quite a few of three students. We're you know, again, big fans of what they do. And the same right, we uh Wait, we did their balloon cat one. We did your Blue and cat one time, yeah. Duo <laughs> and we were electric guitar and drums and we played their blue and cat, so that was a good time. Um but yeah, like we'll we do a bunch of their covers and we try to only do one or two a night if we're playing a bar. But the thing is that we've seen so many bar bands do, you know, Tom Petty and and bruce springsteen and, and all these things and he said it's fine it's like we're just not that banned so we try and bring something else to the table you know it's like we have we'll play we'll play like the you know the talking heads dance party tunes psycho killer and you know running down the house and and you know this must be the place and we'll do all those kind of cool 80s type tunes um, sometimes but, we'll put a spin on some of our covers too like how I,
4: I, influence from Humphrey it's like it's Talk about spin me around like there, yeah because yeah Dave you wanna I did uh, I did an arrangement of spin, of spin me around where you use like a Latin clave beat for the verse section and they, they got like a synth riff in that song the dicka dicka duka ducka dickka dicka tuka that just kinda chills in the background and I'm like that'd be a good bass line with a Latin vibe. So we do the whole spin me Around With that little synth riff as the bass line, the Latin vibe, and then funk for the chorus, back to the clave for the verses, and then finish out with a real heavy funk section. Yeah, it's super fun, hard dance funk. Also, when I go back to school and finish my student teaching, I'm going to play with my college orchestra again, and my teacher is open to stuff. I'm thinking of doing Mantis for like a 48-piece string orchestra. I think that'd be really cool. That would, that
0: would be ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> you gotta get the violins, like the whole like percussion section of the brass,
4: <laughs> Like high strings. Yeah, it would
0: be so sick. So like if that happens, please reach out and let me know about this. Yeah, let me reset. Please let me know, because that would be so awesome.
3: We've also tried our hand at some mashups. We'll get from a row.
0: <laughs> sure Thank
3: you. <laughs> We've done. A, what was the one that we really like to do recently? Oh, um, lose
1: yourself to moonlight. So yeah. it's it's lose yourself to dance uh, by by Daft Punk, mm-hmm. and then also um, dance dancing in the moonlight by King, Har- King Harvest. King Harvest nice uh, we'll do a bit of both
3: and we'll kind of match them together. together you know the same similar to the way Humphrey's does a little bit less complex you know a little bit more bar bar oriented <laughs> but we're getting there and then we also do uh, we call it um uh another remix in the wall so we'll do young lust and then we'll go into this funky jam that we made up uh one time playing it, it sounds kind of like uh like a, like a almost like a dance like remix kind of like yeah. dj kind of vibe and then we'll go into uh, some another brick in the wall part two and uh and play a bit of that and then go back into the funky jam thing so nice so,
0: uh, i would love to hear that uh, it's a yeah, lot it
3: gets, of fun it gets
0: dirty if, if i can
3: i'll try and find i think we did one of the live streams we did it so i'll find which one it is i'll send you the link
4: in the email uh, yeah maybe. for
0: sure that'd be sick i would love to hear that
4: we have a few MP3s of it
0: from the shows, releasing down for archive also. Oh yeah, that's oh, one gosh, thing we're doing. We're going to be getting some archive stuff going on too, because we don't have a whole
3: ton of live stuff out. One live album out on on Spotify and stuff, and then we're going to put the archive page up so that people can download it for free.
0: Oh, that'll be sweet for sure. Yeah, let me know when you guys got that all up, and I'll make sure to share the shit out of that too. So, if you could sit in with Umphrey's on any song, what would it be?
3: Oh, yes. For, for oh. me, for for me, for comfortability purposes, uh, like feeling like I could hang with the guys, I'm gonna say in the kitchen. I feel like I've got those parts in my hands enough that I could I could play without thinking and, and fit in and, and do a cool game because I feel comfortable. But I'm gonna say that in the kitchen will be the tune for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mars.
4: Dinners, Nice. Uh, nice. i and I... Either <laughs> instrument that I play would be fine, but that's the difficulty with bass, is you can never sit in with anybody on bass. little sidebar. first show I went to, everybody around me started
3: going, Daners! Daners! They're playing Daners! And I had no idea what they were saying. I thought they were saying Daners. And I don't know what that is. Like, we're in Pennsylvania and maybe it's a like accent but then later on listen back to the show and it took me about a year of listening back to the show to realize they actually said day nurse and I was like what funny that
1: he said day nurse because I was thinking like the song I was sitting on I for, for for like I there's like two aspects so, like I'd want to hit something like crucial taunt because that would be a lot of fun to play and I would love to just go in on that but there's another side of like fun of like nightmares that I would just love to get behind, but I don't know. Either one of those two, I guess.
0: Nice. Nice. All right. So here's another hard one for you. So let's say you are on tour and you're o- opening for Umphreys. Where would, where in the world would you like to open for them?
3: Uh, anywhere. Anywhere in the USA or Canada or Iceland or anywhere. But honestly, an honest answer, Capitol Theater or Beacon Theater because they're both really beautiful.
4: Mm -hmm. I'm too practical, so I gotta say Stone Pony because it's in our backyard coming from Jersey. Oh, and that outdoor show would be so
1: sweet. Yeah, I was thinking Stone Pony or Red Rocks because it's gorgeous. It's just beautiful, I don't want to be on that stage, but like open, I, I, I don't know, Stone Pony is a great show every time. Every it's looks really fun. Fun. <laughs> so so good. much fun, so fun, I don't know. Yeah, Beacon maybe, I don't know, that's, yeah. that's tough. That's a tough one. Like, That's a good question. That is a good question, I don't know. Then again, Penn's Peak is like a beautiful venue too. Like, all these great venues, tough choices, I'm going to say like Stone Pony because I can see the beach while I'm on stage. All right, I'll take Stone Pony.
0: Nice. I like that. I've only been to the Stone Pony once, but it was it was a good time. Yeah.
1: It's a, it a rock show. Oh, for good. sure. Um, to the
0: show. I'm going there
3: for so long.
4: Barbecue sand on the beach in Asbury too. <laughs> All right, we're back.
0: <laughs> we're back. <laughs> It's uh, the weather here is like getting so bad. So I think that's why like this, the sky is so gray and dark right now here. It's awful. So yeah, like, oh, you got out. that storm that was
1: supposed to come to us.
3: Yeah. We were supposed to get a storm and it just, it must shift wind or an- or it's just out here.
1: <laughs> it was
0: like, really so nice. Fun. It was so warm this morning. It was like 70 and I'm like, yes. Oh, it's awful. Like 84
3: here. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, dying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Completely different than what it was like probably a week ago. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: with the snow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're coming up from work on one day.
1: What's <laughs> going on here, people?
0: <laughs> All right. So, is there anything else that you guys want to touch on that I didn't cover? Is there anything else you maybe want to let the listeners know that I didn't uh, talk about?
3: um yeah sure like we we've, we've got you know the facebook page and all that stuff uh, facebook instagram we do have twitter but we're not really proud of it yet because we've we got to build the followers so if, you know on the low-key follow us on twitter but we need to get our game up if you want free stickers free um, stickers are an option us on, on instagram or facebook um also we have other
4: merch we've got t-shirts you grab some merch we've got beer
3: so. qs It this and they say, uh, wait until you stop to think about it, which is one of the lines from our song. Exist um, okay. CDs, yeah. You know, they can contact us about in March. 72. yeah, yeah. we have a YouTube page with uh, some live videos of us oh, playing, okay. and that would be a really cool thing for anybody who hasn't gotten to see, it, gotten to see us uh, ch- to check out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I'll have you email me all the links, anything that you want me to share. I'll make sure to put it all out there for everybody to check you out so this was really awesome guys thank you so much i'm so grateful i finally got to get to know each one of you and talk to you and get to have you on the show you guys are welcome back anytime thank Thank you you. we'll take you up on that yeah you want to meet
3: molly real quick the girl who we've been talking to sure (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey, Hi. nice to meet you. you. Thanks for doing this. I was just yeah. down to
2: listen
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, this was great. The the internet was a little weird, but that's just the way technology has been lately. But I'm grateful that we're all still able to connect in some way. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We appreciate
1: you doing this for yeah. us. Too.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to be on. And like I said, anytime you guys want to be on as as you continue to grow and write more music and play more gigs and do the whole thing you know i'm here awesome also.
1: yeah and next time we're all on free together we gotta and yeah and it'll be great
0: yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. I, we were all going to meet at UMBOL, but that didn't happen. No. So. Right.
3: Let's hope for September, but yeah. we're thinking next
0: year, I think. <laughs> I'm thinking next year. The amount of Umfrey shows I've had canceled this year is just it's really hurting. Yeah, I've, I've had probably me. like 10 shows canceled this year. It's I know. Yeah. Like, I
1: was trying to hit 50, so I needed five. And I can't even get five in a year. <laughs> I say? know.
0: Night one of Iceland was gonna be number seventy five for me, and oh, happened. So I got number seventy five hanging bad. in the air somewhere. So oh, it'll happen.
3: They'll be bad. We'll all be there, enjoying the moment.
0: And it's gonna mean that much more now. The next one, not only because it's number seventy five, but because of all this that's happened up until
1: then so they're gonna have so much creativity too like to there's their jams are gonna be nuts when they first come back they're just gonna be so fresh it's gonna be great
0: it is gonna be awesome it's gonna be like seeing your significant other for the first time after (laughs) forever (laughs) (laughs) all right well i will let you guys go thanks again
3: yeah same here have a great time and and stay safe
0: yeah you too thank you so much guys
3: No Take problem bye
0: <laughs> Take care